Now, I knew our criminal justice system was deeply flawed, but I also knew the profound impact law enforcement has on people's lives and its responsibility to give them safety and dignity. I knew I wanted to protect people, and I knew that the people in our society who are most often targeted by predators are also most often the voiceless and vulnerable. I believed... I believed, and on that point, I believed then, as I do now, no one should be left to fight alone. Good morning, listeners, to Listen Local. My name is Julian Mark, and you just heard from uh, presidential candidate and U.S. Senator uh, Kamala Harris. Um, I'm here with Joe Eskenazi. We're going to be talking about exactly what kind of candidate uh, Kamala Harris is. Uh, she just kicked off her uh, presidential campaign uh, on Sunday in Oakland, and that was an excerpt of, of her speech. Um, she talked a lot about her record, uh, Joe, and welcome, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, she talked a lot about her record as a DA. Um, she talked a lot about her sort of um, barrier-breaking um, endeavors as, uh, as a law enforcement officer in uh, California. What, um, well, first of all, you know, how did she uh, get to uh, that place? Well, Kamala beat Terrence Hellenan and Bill Fazio uh, to become district attorney here in 2003. And, uh, and then she had that uh, job until, oh boy, was it 2011 when she uh, became AG? And then uh, was most recently in 2016 uh, overwhelmingly elected to be U.S. Senator. Uh, Kamala Harris has been, you know, uh, one thing, we, we can debate her record, but one thing that she's been very good at is running for office. You know, Kamala right. Harris has run excellent campaigns and has been, you know, has has overcome a lot. You know, uh, she was not the, uh, uh, she was not the favorite to beat Terrence Hallinan in 2003. But where did she come from? I mean, she didn't just pop out of nowhere. She's... Kamala, Kamala's from Berkeley. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh, son of a uh, Indian uh, mother and a... Daughter. Jamaican- uh, sorry, uh, sorry. Daughter of an Indian mother and a J- Jamaican father. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, uh, Howard University Law School. Uh, you know, comes out of uh, the San Francisco DA's office, Alameda County DA's office, Kansas San Francisco City Attorney's office. Um, and uh, you know, looking back at it in two thousand and three, was was not. It, it was it was an upset to beat Terrence Hallinan, who is from a you know a, a prominent political family in San Francisco, was the incumbent DA. But you know, let's face it, was also an incredible mess, and the office was an incredible mess. He was a was, he was a rather progressive DA, right? He was progressive, but you know, the policies that we look at now were not that progressive. There were still drug criminals being tried. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was you know this is something I'd I'd written about on Mission Local is that you know. Uh, it's a controversial statement because George Gascon's a cop and because George Gascon is, is you know, kind of um, uh, not a cuddly figure, but like many people think George Gascon is the most progressive DA we've ever had. And I think that what we're getting at here is we've never had really, really, really progressive DAs. Right, right. Terrence Hallinan was 
a countercultural figure who liked to punch out cops and do drugs and all that kind of stuff, but he was still putting drug users in jail. And if you punched a cop, you were going to jail. And and so when when Kamala Harris sort of came up, and what was you know how did she sort of compare to him as a, as a DA? Kamala Harris, as she has always in her entire career, walked a tightrope. She was left of the guy on the right and right of the guy on the left, mm. but she wasn't mm-hmm. so far right. Uh-huh. And she, you know, for example, pledged not to ma- not to try capital punishment cases, which would come up right uh, rather quickly. So, so that was a campaign pledge, and that was something that you know, if if you voted for Bill Fazio, uh, you probably would have wanted to see people who who shot cops go to uh, the death house. So, it, you know, it was always it was always a delicate balancing act. That's you know, depending upon whether you like Kamala, it's principled. If you don't like Kamala, it's calculating. Right now, I mean, she was she was working in the DA's office, um, but where does she get her? I sort think of... what you're getting at here is yes, she was Willie Brown's girlfriend. <laughs> okay, yeah, without a doubt. And like you know, and Willie Brown had his uh, gauche and caddish and 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 repulsive column this week about yeah, I dated Kamala. So what? It's like, what do you mean? So what? Uh-huh, uh-huh. You know, um, it comes off as a pathetic attempt to uh, to uh, insert oneself into the spotlight and to grab on the coattails of someone who's uh, caught you and passed you. And without a doubt, Willie Brown um, was the spark uh, for Kamala Harris's career. Now, but but here's where we get to things. Uh-huh. He was the spark for a lot of people's careers, right? Right. 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 Mm-hmm. And most of them are not U.S. senators. Um, but one of them is now the governor. Yes. Yes, that is true. Uh huh. And one of them is now the mayor. And uh, you know the the uh, the relationship between uh, uh, Gavin Newsom and Kamala Harris. What 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 is that? I mean, are they uh, are they acquaintances? Are they rivals? Are they the best I could say is that it's it's it's. Um, I don't know for sure. I always got the feeling it was a sibling rivalry type situation. Oh, I see. I think yeah. it's it's certainly cordial. Right. Right. You know, between the senator and the governor, you'd hope it's cordial. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, um, your column. Um, that you wrote, uh, that you published this Monday, um, it, it asserts that, um, essentially, uh, her record really is not the, you know, the, the, you know, the steely progressive, uh, you know, record, you know, she wasn't the steely progressive that, you know, that she's sort of making herself out to be right now. And, but that really doesn't matter according to you. Yes, it's it's preposterous to uh, to look back at history and say that she was a progressive prosecutor with what people have in mind for the meaning of that in a post-Black Lives Matter and current Black Lives Matter um, atmosphere. Uh, it was always kind of a, a jarring thing that in when the Black Lives Matter movement um, emerged that Kamala was so irrelevant to it. Mm. Uh, you know, many of the, the ways that she comported herself as a DA and an AG were... We're not things that people who were, you know, elected running against, um, you know, established DAs would do. And the fact of the matter is, you know, so so you can't really claim that. But you can point at a couple of things, certainly, and, and point out, you know, progressive achievements. But uh, but it was not it was not a progressive DA's office. And that's and that doesn't make you bad. Right. <laughs> it just it just means that you didn't check the boxes that are now considered progressive. Right. On the other hand, it means if Kamala is fortunate enough and skillful enough to um, get into the general election, she can tack right. Because one thing that she can certainly hit on again and again and again is uh, standing up for victims. Now, these are not things, many of the political stands that she took were cautious, but also, you know, something that is kind of a I mean, who could be against, you know, standing up for rape victims or standing up for how, victims? How exactly did she do that? Uh, 
in her case. I mean, it would be victim. I mean, like among other things, she indicted my former boss, Mike Lacey. Uh, she she called Backpage, you know, the world's largest brothel mm. or an online brothel or things like mm. that. It was definitely you know aggressive moves against trafficking. Mm. One could that that's not really. There's not really a pro-trafficking side, right? You know, when right, you when, right. when you when people like me have to start explaining, you know, uh, of the nuances of what Backpage was and what it wasn't, you're losing, and you come off like you're an apologist for pimps, right? Uh, in fact, she 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 indicted Lacey and uh, Mike and, and Larkin for uh, pimping, so it it was quite a thing to open up the paper one day and see that you know your <laughs> your former DA uh, indicted your former boss for pimping, wow, which was a hell of a thing. You know, I you know we just we just worked there, we just wrote wrote stories and stuff right, like that, right, right. Um, so so it was it was a hell of a thing, but that's going to look good in a campaign ad. You know, I mean, I'm not going to say it's completely calculating, but it's not not calculating, right. But but you know even as even as uh, a, an attorney general, it you know you you wrote that there's sort of a laundry list of incompetencies and uh, even you know uh, um, it's an Apple apart- researcher's dream, right? <laughs> and explain that. I mean, what what? There's so much stuff. You know, this, the California attorney general's office. It turns out like while Kamala ran on on criminal justice reform, there was only so much she could do. There are hundreds, if not, I believe there are actually thousands of attorneys. And, you know, you can't just fire everyone. And many of these guys are holdovers from from past um, uh, AGs, past governors, you know, who have different philosophies, let us say, on prosecution. So mm-hmm. when, when the AG's office was, was dinged for prosecutorial um, uh, malfeasance, uh, you know, obviously it, the buck stops at the top, but it was... It was People that she didn't put there, people who had, who obviously she wouldn't have wanted this. Right. But that's again, that's explaining works both ways. It's hard. Uh, so you know, it's 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 rough to say. You know, there's only so much that the AG can do about criminal justice reform. The AG can do. It turns out the AG could do more on civil reform. Right. You could have you know uh, more people looking into bank crime or or environmental crime and sure. stuff like that. But as far as like locking people up, it was it was harder. It was harder to make a dent than. Uh, than than people thought and then and what she had said she could do and and that and the same goes for for being um a uh you know a, a local county district attorney in the early 2000s right well that's the thing you know uh it it would have been truly revolutionary to uh decriminalize drug cases as prop 47 did which she took no position on uh it would have been it would have been something to do away with cash bail, which is only happening, uh, only beginning to happen now. Right, right. It would have been quite a thing to stop charging to stop charging drug cases. Kamala charged thousands of drug cases a year. I believe off the top of my head, it was five thousand a year. That was that. That is probably the bulk of the crimes. Right, and I mean, it, I mean, being a district attorney even nowadays is kind of a double-edged sword. You go, you know, too far to you know the left, and you're even now, you know, nowadays, even with San Franciscans, uh, you know, in sort of the state of mind that they are, they they're being soft on crime is still not a desirable thing out of a out of a out of a law, law enforcement officer right i don't think anyone's going to get like uh ran to the right i don't think i don't i'm not sure that records records don't seem to matter as much as they used to i mm-hmm. think you know everyone's got a story right and now you've got you know uh, the, the fellow running from the left and uh, for da in san francisco now right. uh, chesa boudin he's got a story his parents were incarcerated he's only been a lawyer for six years but he's got a he's got a story uh-huh. you know and and um and Susie Loftus is an accomplished attorney and an accomplished prosecutor, but she has a story too, mm. you know. And and Leif Douch out of the uh, the AG's office, I think, you know, that's you know, they don't pick random folks to be AGs, but like okay. he's got a story too, right? So you know, it's it's 
we're, we're dealing with a different narrative, literally a narrative. Right. It's, it's a little bit frustrating. You know, I mean, I, I mean, if you parse Kamala's record, there's a lot to like, but there's a lot to be really taken aback by. And it's hard to quote, it's hard to generalize, you know. But I don't think people are going to be looking and saying, what happened in Department 23 of the Hall of Justice in 2009? I think that they're going to be focusing on the feeling they get. And, mm. and Kamala makes people feel good. You know, Kamala's a strong, um, you know, uh, uh, outspoken person who's appealing in every way. Now, but you called her, um, you know, my question is, is that all that she has? Because you called her a stellar modern political candidate. And what well, is that? Mean, what is that? 95% mean? of that is access to money. Right. Right. She has access to so much money. Mm-hmm. And and that starts with Willie Brown, which is like, you know, which is like the mega training wheels on your bicycle, but it's more. It's like a motor. Right. You right. know, that Getty money, that Academy of Art money, all that kind of stuff. So you get that kind of money. The Pacific Heights money, they refer to it as. You know, that's 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 a help there. But then like then well past that, you know, when you've got the tech baron money now. You've got money coming in from uh, African-Americans across the country. You've got money coming in from Indian-Americans across the country. Kamala's picture is hanging in Jamaican restaurants in Baltimore. I mean, like, she, <laughs> she is, and yet she also has billionaire tech barons as friends. She was at Sean Parker's medieval fairy wedding, you know? I'm like, she, was, she is very good at fundraising and networking, and she's not afraid to ask, which many politicians are squeamish and don't like to ask. Gavin Newsom is a shitty fundraiser. He doesn't like to make the ask. Mm. You know, it, maybe he thinks it's beneath him. Maybe he's just uncomfortable. You know, Kamala does the work. There's something to be said for that. Mm, yeah. You know, Leland Yee did the work too. <laughs> he did. Well, he did quite <laughs> you know? a bit of extracurricular yeah. <laughs> work. Um, well, and then, you know, you kind of, you, you kind of say, uh, but... Um, so she has all of, she's a fantastic candidate, it sounds like, more, than, more than anything candidate. else. I think she's a fantastic candidate. Now, it just kind of brings us to, you know, to the question is, you know, what, I mean, I, I know this is very far in advance here, but I mean, what kind of president would she make? I a mean, sane one. <laughs> a functional one. Right. <laughs> right. That's all you need at some point. You know, anybody who, anybody who, if it does come down to a one-to-one situation between uh, Kamala Harris and Donald Trump... And, and people expressing reservations, you got to go. You, you are the problem. Right. You know, oh, why would I choose between the lesser of two evils? Because it's lesser, you dumb fuck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> it's yes. like, why do I have to explain this to you? Yeah. Do you have to get so extreme in anything in life? It's like, well, if I can't get like the Chianti for dinner, I'm not going to drink anything at all. It's like, you know, I'll drink. No, I'll drink something that's poison. Yeah. <laughs> and I'll smash the glass and rub it across my face and lacerate myself and roll in carpet tacks and jump into a vat of human filth. It's like, oh, yeah, or maybe you could just settle for something a bit less, <laughs> you know, something that's like not actively harmful. You would have someone in charge of government that's actually like wants to govern instead of grind government from the inside. You know, right. if you ever remember playing Arkanoid as a child, which is, you know, basically um, a, a spiffed up version of Breakout, you're hitting bricks with a ball. And when you get the ball behind the bricks, it beats them all from the inside. Mm-hmm. That's the Donald Trump administration right now. It's hollowing out government from within. Right, right. It's a kleptocracy. Now, mm-hmm. not to, that's not to say that, like, you know, corporate Democrats aren't, you know, in bed with the PG&Es and the Raytheons and all out of the world. Yeah, right. But there, that's a difference between just being like a Russian-style kleptocrat, <laughs> yeah, right. you know, and like making the army work on your dasha and like, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what's happening now, right? So it's as bad. Imagine that, but imagine that with all the power and prestige of the United States of something that you would expect to see in, like, you know, Rwanda. 
So, no, but okay. So, so you know, now that we have established that, now is she the best sane candidate? Is the question? That's that's for voters to decide. I certainly don't think that there's anybody running for president now or in the discussions that's that's blowing anyone away. You've right. got you've got Joe Biden, who's like basically Dorian Gray's portrait running for office. You know, you've got Kristen Gillibrand, who has. Prob- I mean, are we are we parsing the record of Kristen Gillibrand in local and and regional government the way we were parsing Kamala Harris's record? No, and that would indicate to me that Kamala is seen as a more formidable candidate. Yeah. That's. I mean, if you the scrutiny she's facing off the bat could be seen as a sign that people think that she's a formidable candidate and don't right. want her to to start to get ahead of this pack. Well, what about, uh, we haven't seen as much criticism of Elizabeth Warren. In fact, it seems that she, you know, you know, kind of nationally right now, she's seen as, you know, perhaps somebody with... I, uh, I think we're living in a, a not very substantive era. And I think that this whole uh, uproar over, over uh, her DNA test is right. going to be a, the but her emails of 2019. Oh, really? You know, I, I worry about that. It wasn't wasn't very well handled. It was it was handled in the worst. Either it was a bad idea or it was bad advice. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I don't I don't know that there was a good way to do that, but that wasn't it. Right. So you know, you kind of uh, conclude you know in your column, and I thought that a lot of people sort of resonated with this, but I also you know I still wonder exactly what it means. Is that you know people in this race and people who are uh, you know like Kamala Harris. They will see in her what they want. You're going to see in Kamala what you want to see. What does that mean? Because you're going to because her record is so complicated, and it's not all for the good, and it's and and you know, and it's certainly not easy to categorize in ways that are are that that would make typical left leaning Democrat voters happy now. Uh, it's complicated. So when you see Kamala and she talks about in broad strokes about criminal justice. And in broad strokes about, you know, uh, economic reform, uh, her actual record, and if you believe one's record is predictive of what they'll do, her actual record is different than what she's saying. It's different than what she says it is, and it's different than what she says is important now. So you have to kind of have a leap of faith. You know, one of the things about Donald Trump is, you know, he's a huge liar, but he was telling the truth of a lot of, a lot of awful things he wanted to do and a lot of awful things that he felt. And so people who really are, you know, who, who, who that resonated with, they got what they wanted. With Kamala, a lot of it is how I think how she makes you feel. And like with, you know, it's like I want someone who's sane in charge of government. I want this strong and outspoken woman of color to be, you know, to be um, making things right. And I think that people who are hopeful are going to see in her that, you know, they're going to, to feel hopeful and see a strong and, and uh, an outspoken, uh, you know, uh, woman of color uh, and it's and and it's her time, but what's let's say you have animus against women. Let's say you have animus against people of color, and let's say you have animus against women of color. You'll see that. So right. it's almost like she's almost can serve as a tabla rasa for the nation to see the best or worst of themselves. They can you can see your aspirations, you can see your biases, mm. and I th- I think that you know that's that's not everything. She certainly is not you know a feather in the wind but but i think that people are going to project and what are you projecting joe what do you see i'll vote for her if 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 she can win right i'll be yeah. honest about it right i'll vote for whoever can win yeah i mean i kind of see i, I mean i i see a winner i mean i see i see yeah, I'll, a possible vote for, winner. I'll vote for whoever yeah. can win that doesn't mean that right. you have to like say well i can ignore the fact that that she said x and really it's y Right. You know, I mean, I can tell you for certain, you know, my reporting uh, from a couple of years back in stories about police shootings, uh, it was very clear Kamala wanted no part of transferring investigations of police shootings to the attorney general's office. And that's, and that's, is she actually... And she claimed to the Washington Post that she had 
And on CNN, she said that she didn't understand the question. That, right, you know, she, you know, she had said that she had some kind of broad policy where she didn't make statements on 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 uh, on bills that were you know being brought up in the legislature. But that's not true, um, and it was very, you know, people reasonable people can differ. But a number of people told me that this would have been a politically damaging thing to, to have. And, and what is that? Explain what the law is. For the AG to yeah. have to be investigating right. police shootings mm-hmm. at the same time that the actual AG, Kamala Harris, is running for Senate, right? you know, right. would have been politically challenging. Yeah. And one year later, when she was senator and not AG, she thought this was a much better idea. <laughs> that's a lot of that's a big change with the one with the one with the one variable that changes uh being her not having the job anymore well and the one thing i actually think the post article really didn't address was actually you know sort of the political uh you know you know she was kind of up against some political ropes there or she it's very hard to like right. butt heads with the statewide yeah police unions especially when she started out on such a terrible foot with them because she declined to pursue the death penalty right. against the man who shot officer isaac espinoza david hill mm-hmm. and you know frankly uh, it would have showed a good deal of malleability and weakness to suddenly say, well, I said I wasn't going to prosecute um, death penalties, but now I've just suddenly, because it was a cop, I changed my mind. And it's not like David Hill was given like a trip to Candyland. He's in life, like he's never getting out of jail. Sorry, what? What? can he, you explain to me what happened he, to David he, Hill? He was found guilty of murdering a police officer mm-hmm. and he was mm-hmm. going to jail uh-huh. without the possibility of parole. Right. You know, okay. this is this is not easy time, you know? So, I mean... Um, it it brings to mind like why do we have the death penalty? Is the death penalty a deterrent or is it a barbaric way of like you know eye for an eye and feeling better? The man's going to jail without parole. He's never getting out. That's punishment. You know, uh, if if you want him to be put to death like something out of the Bible, then then that's not a deterrent. Obviously, you know the notion of the death penalty didn't that doesn't deter all sorts of people who are who, who are violent criminals. I think the death penalty would probably be pretty effective against insider traders on Wall Street, mm-hmm. but we don't we don't think about things that way. Right, right. Well, um, it's a long way away. Oh yes, yeah. there's a lot that could happen, and it, it yeah. Seemed... Howard Howard Schultz, <laughs> the man who decided, you know, I'm, I, this is a line I'm going to borrow. Uh, I didn't make this one up. The man who the major achievement in this man's life is decided coffee ought to, ought to cost six bucks a cup and taste like a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Thinks right. that he wants to be president. So anything could happen. Well, I don't think he'll be president, but the question is, is he going to fuck it up for everybody? Maybe. You know, I mean, I mean, maybe we should have that on the bumper sticker. Turd the Punch Bowl 2020. <laughs> um, well, more immediately, uh, the uh, the mayor uh, had her state of the city address. Am I saying that right? Correct. Um, yesterday. And it's and London. London, yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, she uh, she made a she made a, a proposal and uh, and something that um, you know the uh, the affordable housing a- activists and housing activists were very very happy about. Yeah, it what, was, it, what was, was it, it was a treat thrown from the table. What? So explain so, so what com- this is. Com- sorry, uh, London had said that she will put on November's ballot um, a in a a measure that would make uh, zoning compliant a hundred percent affordable or teacher housing uh, by right. That, you know, that you can, uh, as it was sold to me, you can bypass the California Environmental Quality Act. You can, you can fast track it. And that sounds great. You know, uh, only the most loathsome NIMBYs would block teacher housing or, uh, or 100% affordable housing in their neighborhoods. And this does happen, by the way. Right. But, you know, I talked to folks in the development world and they said, this, the devil's in the details and this probably can't do much of what you say it would do. Because uh, you, 
it's not easy to elude the California Environmental Quality Act. And, and even though you will lose in the end, and this city is very good at battling people who want to, you know, evoke delay after delay after delay of how will this affect environmental quality, traffic, and, you know, exhaust, everything, they will delay it. And they will add years to the project. And it's and there's no getting around neighborhood politics. Now, now how, but how is, how is the, uh, you know, how, I mean, first of all, I mean, don't you, wouldn't the mayor have consulted with uh, the city attorney about uh, how her proposal would butt up against a state law? And I mean, wouldn't do you think that she may have factored, you know, kind of this stuff? Whatever in she does, she... and whatever whatever streamlining she does is going to be beneficial. But it's not going to stop determined people from uh, hamstringing projects, even even out of spite. With the with the with the thought being like, I'm going to screw with you enough that you have to factor this in, and it's suddenly no longer affordable. So if you if you if somebody wants to do that, they will do that. And then second, like, you know, the city's building process is still a city's building process. It's still historical resources and still building standards and still all sorts of things. And third, this is a back-end solution to a front-end problem. There aren't, like, people coming forward saying, I want to build teacher housing. I want to build 100% affordable housing. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a haul. So, like, you know, um, you know, it's great to streamline it on the back-end. You still need people who want to do it on the front-end. The problem with teacher housing is not the entitlements right now. So, again, this is a great thing. But it's it's not addressing all of the problems, and it's not addressing the most pressing problems. On the other hand, it is a ballot measure that you can put unlimited funds toward and say, we should all pass Mayor Breed's charter amendment. We should all pass the charter amendment. Which, oh, but who, by the way, who's running for re-election? Oh, oh, this is happening at the same time. What a coincidence. Right. You know, and so that's great. You know, it's... There's no bad that can come of this. I believe that the good is going to be overemphasized and it will be a fundraising vehicle. Now, but, you know, we just we just wrote a story yesterday about how it took, you know, three years to break ground on an affordable, you know, a fully affordable development. Here and how much of that was a, how much of that was lining up funding? It must have been almost all. Yeah. So a lot of it is lining up funding. That's the problem. It was an eighty eight million dollar project. Right. That's the problem. Right. $88 million for how much? Something I don't understand, and I'm just saying this, you know, without having done the research, wouldn't it be more, isn't building housing something, we should be building housing. Of course we should be building housing, but if you want to house people quickly, wouldn't rent credits be the thing to do? (laughs) You know, I mean, like that would, that would be much more affordable and, and, and it would help the people who are, who are, who are struggling now. (laughs) <laughs> well, um, we and, are... And it doesn't have to be an either-or. You could do both. But, like, you know, like, if you want to help people who are struggling now, it's like, well, just wait four years for us to build 100 units. Right. You know? <laughs> right. Right. Well, we're running out of time, but maybe that's a uh, idea for uh, for another column, Joe. Uh, uh, or... You know, it, and also, by the way, rent credits would not be pensionable. That might be attractive. That might be. Mm-hmm. At any rate, well, it was a pleasure, and uh, I hope you all are having a nice morning. Uh, enjoy the nice, crisp weather, and uh, we will see you uh, two weeks from now. Thank you for joining us. No one who has served this country has to wait in line for weeks and months to get what they are owed when they return home on first day. I'm running to fight for an America where no mother or father has to teach their young son that people may stop him, arrest him, chase him, or kill him because of his race.